0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the True Faith podcast here. Uh, myself, Alex Hirst, Norman Riley, for you today to talk about Manchester City 2, Newcastle United 1, and the fact it wasn't quite as bad. As we thought, not only we're we going to talk about the match, we're going to talk about the season so far, how we'll place this, where we think the lads are with Rafa, and um, maybe maybe uh, some some stuff on on Rio Ferdinand and Keith Bishop as well, which which is never ending. But uh, yeah, first of all, just want to say thank you to our fantastic patrons who pay five pounds a month to keep this podcast that you're listening to free of charge for everybody, and also pay for six to seven extra podcasts a week for the very small cost of £1.25. Uh, thanks to you, lads and lasses. And, um, you know, I'll try not to mention it too many times during the show. Cause I'm sure you hate to listen to me and Norman talk about football. So, Norman, yesterday it wasn't as bad as everyone thought. Um, Pep Guardiola and some Man City fans seem to have been quite complimentary to the likes of Newcastle for for the way that we managed to set up and, and stifle them compared to, say, Huddersfield, who had as little possession and were as defensive but conceded six goals. Why do you think uh, it wasn't as bad as everyone feared? Was it us being... Good at what we were trying to do, or was it Man City having a bit of an off day?
2: A bit of both, I think. Um, I, I genuinely expected us to get battered, um, and which is ridiculous, really, because you know Rafa teams don't really get battered. You take out the um, Manu and Watford games last season. Um, Watford, the whole match we were terrible, still created chances, but were genuinely terrible. Um, Manu actually taking the lead and and not really deserve to lose four um, one in, in that game, so. You know, it's it's more of an anomaly us getting slaughtered. So so really I probably shouldn't have been as as paranoid as I was uh, about getting a Hogan before the match. And and that's you know, and and what, what we did was we we just gave a a very Rafa benitez performance against the top six side. Incredibly well organised. He we set up a different formation, managed to stifle them, um and managed to do them almost successfully. It was only a, an absolutely outrageous strike. From Kyle Walker, the kind of strike that he hits it another nine times and it goes wide or goes over the bar, guns it for a throw in. Um, nothing you can really do about that. Uh, and also, the first goal was—you know—you could point the finger of blame it, at Lascelles for that particular incident. Um, let's not let that take away from his performance for the entire match. He was excellent. But um, yeah, that—that's that was just an excellent, excellent um, Rafa Martinez Newcastle United performance. Uh, and also, I do think City—you you, know—there is an argument that they're slightly complacent. Um, they're probably just expected and I'm not saying that they consciously expected this because they're a, a very professional side full of hard working players and I don't think they take anything for granted but I think on a subconscious level you know they, they probably thought on a subconscious level they, they, that they would just win this game without really having to put much in um, obviously they did win but I think they, they were given a bit of a, a, a bit of a surprise and a, a bit of a shock by how just how well Newcastle played
1: Yeah I totally agree with all of that I think um, the fact that Dubravka's played really well, we shouldn't forget, you know, without him or an inferior keeper, and particularly without him being as willing to come from his line and cut out balls that were, that were you know, good passes to Man City attackers. So there is that to consider as well in terms of the narrows- narrowness of the defeat. But, uh, you know, at the end of it, two really, really good goals. Um, Kyle Walker shot, it, it's, it's not even gone in the corner, it's gone, like, in between the post and the corner, which is, you know, probably the one part of the goal that had to go in um you've just got to say like fair play that is a a brilliant brilliant goal I think Rafa said afterwards it was a brilliant goal not loads you can do about it I've heard a couple of comments about people saying people get in the way or should they turn their back Or uh, that's a brilliant goal Sterling's finish is a brilliant finish like it's that this is what happens when you play sides of this quality and I'm sure we'll get onto that later but um very proud of the effort the lads put in I think Rafa Benitez was spot on in his post-match comments you can see that these lads are Playing for one another and, and and giving everything for the shirt and that was what saw us okay last season and I think that's what's going to see us be okay again this season. Um, do, do you do you feel was the setup exactly what you expected? Do you think that? Um, it was it was the purely kind of Chelsea esque performance that you saw, or, or were there any differences? Because I saw a little bit, a couple of differences, Norman. Um, I thought we pressed the ball a lot better when the ball was in our half, and I thought we would try to push the fullbacks a little bit higher on the rare occasions we're in possession compared to the Man City game. Now it's interesting that both goals against Man City against against Chelsea have come from DeAndre Yedlin getting forwards, um, particularly playing wing back. I'd, I'd like to see that happen even more. So you know Arsenal at home or you know Man City at home. Down the line to come, if we're going to set up with that five at the back again, I would love to see the fullbacks push on a lot more. We didn't get much joy down the left yesterday in terms of Dummett and Perez, um, which you know, more Perez later. But um, I felt that like Dummett was getting forward a lot more compa- compared to what he was against Chelsea. Do you think that was a reaction to some of the negativity again from fans and media against Chelsea, or do you think that's because Man City have two ultra attacking fullbacks compared to Chelsea?
2: I don't think um, I don't think any decision that Rafa takes tactically is influenced at all by the the reaction you might get in the media or from um, from fans on, on on social media about uh, about how negatively setting up. I just think that um, it, you know some some games you play better than others, and yesterday we performed way better than we did against Chelsea, and I, and I don't think it's necessarily down to any kind of major tactical differences in in those two games. Um, I just think, like you say, Man City style of football allowed allowed Jedlin and Dummett to, to, to push on because their, their, their fullbacks backs are so high up the pitch um, I think it's a system that, that we could get a lot of success from against better sides um, the, the only reason that it isn't going to be as successful as what, could, what it could be is because basically Dummett is a left back or centre half he's not as Yedlin is, and 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 th- Yedlin is, and Yedlin is is a wing back, isn't he? Let's let's be honest. He's he's more a wing back than he is a full back, and he's more wing back than he is a, um, a right midfielder. Um, and Perez just kind of play on the left at all. He's played out there and he puts the work in, but he's that that is just so far from being in his natural position. I, I think that's I think Perez is, would be equally as, as kind of comfortable, i.e. uncomfortable um, at left back as he is on the left hand side in yeah. midfield. Um, I just don't think he's cut out for that position at all, regardless of the fact that he puts a work. And as I say, um, I just think, I just think that City system um, is it, the, the lads. The lads found it, and I'm using the you know, uh, inverted commas here easier to play against than they did against Chelsea. So I don't think there was any. Any tactical changes based on on the kind of you know the coverage that um, the supposed negative tactics against Chelsea got?
1: Why do you think he played Perez then? Well, I totally agree with everything you say. I mean, I don't mind the fact that Jose Perez is a, is a number ten and an attacking player. Is I'm not going to use the word wasteful in possession, but you know sometimes he loses the ball because at the end of the day he's trying to take players on. He's trying to do things in very difficult com- confined spaces against against two often two defenders or two midfielders, and that's part of his game. And Sy made an excellent point last night when we were watching the match, me and Sai together, that I think he didn't score his first goal last season until November, and he got the majority of his goals post-Christmas. Um, but even for me now, if you look at the one thing I probably disagree with in terms of the selection, I just don't get Perez left midfield. Um, hmm. He's two ways full in possession. When, he, you know, when he's picking the ball up in his own half, he, he, he's not the man for that. Um, why do you think he got the nod over Murphy and that's Murphy again who last season had so much success against City with that great goal Like, what, what was the thinking the do you o- think from Rafa's point of view
2: the only thing the only reason I can see it possibly happening is the, the trust levels um, in terms of the, the graft that's going to get put in so I think Rafa I mean, I mean this isn't me saying that Murphy doesn't graft but I think his trust for Perez is so absolute that he'd rather he could get him in the side somehow um, and he didn't want to play him in his usual role yesterday because he wanted to change the system. So he, he put him on a position that he's played in before and that, you know, ultimately he doesn't really do much of a job there. But he can still affect the game in the sense that you've got Walker as a very attacking, powerful, like a very powerful player. And I think Perez has got possibly more physicality than, um, than Murphy. And I'm not saying that Perez is a is a hard tackler. But he doesn't shirk, he doesn't shirk challenges And he's got a lot of lower body strength And I think coming up against Walker Sprinting forward, Perez he maybe thought was a better option At, um, at breaking that move down through through, through strength um, Whereas Murphy's still a little bit lightweight And you put Murphy up against Walker well, he could maybe do damage going forward
1: Fair enough, it was a strange run with Murphy Not playing against Forrest in the week um, To to play neither game So I, I wonder if there was a fitness issue there But I think yeah, everything you say there is correct Um, He didn't have a a terrible game Perez by any means It was just a strange one Considering I think the last time I saw him playing left wing Was possibly that Liverpool game In uh, 2016 where Drew Was Each and and Rafa Took him off at half time And I put that on Twitter And someone else Pointed out the only other Players he's ever Kind of hooked at half time With Mitrovic against Wolves When he was You know Jumping into the keeper with On a yellow card And Stephen Taylor Against um, Southampton For being Stephen Taylor Um, So yeah Anyway That was uh, Perez On the left wing um we we'll, we'll put a few questions to, to listeners uh TFWeeklyPod, weekly pod we are on twitter would love to have your follow um asking a few questions to get where they are with this um there were loads of comments yesterday before the game um which which i find a little bit bizarre uh, about you know players who don't play for us anymore in terms of Mitchell Rich and Gale and Gale's unknown um and and how we miss them and and how we shouldn't let them go and all this kind of stuff um, you know, there is, there is the argument that we will we'll replace neither, when you think about it, um, that we shouldn't have let them go. But, you know, you know, here's a poll uh, that were we'll put to the listeners. Is Salomon Rondon a, an improvement on Dwight Gale at centre-forward for United? And the answer was uh, emphatic, 82% yes, 6% no and 12% don't know. So it's fair to say Salomon Rondon has impressed the True Faith listeners um, your own takes on, on on his performances so far.
2: I think Rondon's an upgrade on both on both Gail and Um I think you know we can look at Mirovich's start of the se- start of the season in the Premier League. And we can look at Mirovich since Christmas at Fulham. But, um, you know, in the Championship, his goal scoring record per game is excellent. I don't, don't, you know, there's there's no denying that. Um, however it's about systems and he just he was never going to fit in the Newcastle system um, under Rafa whereas um, Rondon does it's, it's, it's quite clear um, every game that he the, the games that he come on as a sub i.e. the Spurs game I thought he, he impressed um, the game against Cardiff I think he would have made a difference if he'd had a, had a time on the pitch um, he was I thought excellent against Chelsea for the time he was on the pitch again and and he, he scored a great goal against Forest and he was he was excellent yesterday um, winning headers intelligence running the lane creating space um, he's just a, he's, a, he's, a, he's clearly a very very good player um, and I, I you know I, I can't I, I can't see why we would rather have um, Gail Omitovic in the lineup than him um, Gail don't get me wrong I mean I, I saw Gail's goals yesterday the, the, the first one in particular was absolutely brilliant um, but it's it's in the championship and it's in a different style of play. Um Gale doesn't offer the, the physicality that Rondon offers. I don't think he offers the the strength and the air, obviously. Intelligence. Now I think Gale's a highly intelligent footballer, so I don't think there's a you know there's a major disparity there. But um I just think that, you know, the ease that Gale's kind of already um you know switched into in, in the championship, it just kind of goes to show that I think he is he's that level for him is he's just brilliant at it. In the step up to Premier League, I don't think the, I don't think what he has as a player is quite what we need in in, in this uh, in in the Premier League with the with the squad that you've got. And I think Rondon does, and I think he's a better player. And I think he offers more.
1: And, and 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 Rondon's performance yesterday for you?
2: Oh, it was, it was excellent. I mean, it, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, the, the, there's been nothing but praise from from Newcastle fans uh, that I've seen, and also from you know media media outlets. He's um, he, he went up against, you know, some of the most expensive defenders in the world And he absolutely gave them one hell of a game And um, I think the the goal, I mean, he's part of the goal The, the ball that he put across was absolutely superb, wasn't it? He, um, uh, the,
1: not, just, not just the ball, but that little delay to get his, yeah. you know Maybe to compare him to other strikers we've had in the past Or to get his head up and and realise what's going on and not panic and, and wait for you I mean, yeah, it makes up like superhuman levels of ground um, if you look at where the ball is when Kennedy brings it down, which is a great touch, i are going to talk about Kenny later. Um, it's uh, it, it's a fantastic goal. It was a great finish, but like you say, um, what what a what a performance by Rondon! The well, amount I've got of a Harris tweet here. Run.
2: I've got a tweet here from a um, Venezuelan journalist. Um, so I read, I saw that I saw this yesterday. Um, great game from Solomon Rondon, despite Newcastle's two-one defeat against Man City. Um, he gave a great assist. He opened up um, the left channel, um, and he took advantage of him. Um, he took advantage of the ball when he had it, and he and he put some great balls in the box. Um, and he also put a fantastic cross in for for Yedlin for the goal. Um, excellent. He played seventy three minutes. Really good. So that's. I mean, obviously a Venezuelan journalist, you're going to get a bit of bias. From them, um, but I think he's pretty much bang on there. He did. He opened. He opened up space with his with his movement. His, his directness.
1: Yeah, and, and, and one thing I'd say for Rondon yesterday is I think oh, I thought he was fantastic for the role. What we need from him this season probably won't be defined against Man City. It'll be defined against yeah. Bournemouth at home and that. But he's you know he's definitely more adept at doing that job yesterday. What well, I mean, a million times Mitrovic. Um, but Dwight Gale didn't have the ability. And I think with, you know, I'm sure Rafa wouldn't have had to, had to send Dwight Gale alone to get Rondon in. It would be great to have Dwight Gale still part of the squad. But I think Dwight Gale's yeah. the kind of player. that If he's not playing, and he, it takes him a long time to get sharp. We saw that at the start yeah. of last season. Um, but ultimately, unless we're signing a striker in January, unlikely, unless we're in the bottom three. And even last year, at the bottom three in January, we uh we, we we signed one on loan, didn't get one permanently. Ultimately, if Rondon gets injured, um, we're, we're fucked, aren't we? You know, such is the difference between him and Hasseluu in terms of the quality. And it's has been great so far. Two goals, fantastic. He's done a great job for it But um, you saw the difference when kind of Hoss-Lew came on and Rondon went off. You didn't mm-hmm. you didn't feel any more likely we were going to score, despite going to four at the back and despite committing more men more men forwards as we did uh, in the last ten minutes of the game. But yeah, the listeners definitely uh, from that poll hugely impressed with uh, with Dwight, which is uh, with Dwight with uh, with Solomon, which <laughs> is uh, which is good to see. This is just my inherent bias coming through. Like my bra- yeah, bra- not me. It's me brain. Um, you know. Uh, okay, uh, we also did a Twitter poll about. Um, oh no, we'll talk about Kennedy now. Actually, Norman uh, Kennedy. It was announced uh, after the game. Some media said that Rafa kind of got Kennedy into his office after the. Forest game when he when he had a, a pretty poor game um all in all um had a, a big one to one with him uh do you think we saw an improvement yesterday from from you know one of our most important players who's had a really tough couple of weeks um you know what what did he make Kenny's performance yesterday
2: um m- much like the rest of the team i thought he was um i thought he was excellent he was at, he was at the top of his game in the sense that you know you're, you're going to be limited in what you can what you can do against man city but i thought that the job that he that he was given, the role that he had to play in the side well, was excellent. Um, he was he was no better, or no worse than anyone else, I would say. And you know, against against an opponent like Man City, who are one of the the best teams in the world, quite quite obviously. Um, I think what I think with Kennedy, I think it's going to be up and down with him throughout the season. I think there's a there's a I mean, I hesitate to say it, but there's a kind of a mental fragility there with him. And I think he's going to be a, the kind of player who he's either like on the pitch looking like he's in the depths of the spear or he's you know he's absolutely running things. Um and I think Rafa's probably realised that hence the hence the one on one with him and he's he's trying to build up his like build up his mental strength. I think he's one of those players who maybe if he gets a one or two Decisions go against him uh, in the first few minutes, or he loses the ball a couple of times, or a couple of passes go astray. I think it impacts on his game quite quite heavily, um, and he's st- he's still relatively young, um, so there is that kind like, of element of having to have use kid gloves with him. And I think Rafa did it this week, and we obviously saw the benefits yesterday because he he put the he put the graft in, and he's he's passing us better, he's running us, he's running off the ball was better, and yeah, it was just a, a better all round performance. And I'm I'm really looking forward to um to seeing him play against Arsenal.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. I thought, you know, that touch for the goal was brilliant. There aren't many players that we've got probably that have that technical ability. Him and Perez, maybe the the only ones, to to bring that ball down and play in Rondon was fantastic. Um, In by by all accounts, he was playing with a a headache and an illness. And that's why he was was withdrawn so early. So, better better days ahead for Kennedy. Um, He's so important to this side. I mean... You know there seems to be a little bit of of online angst with him, and, and he what he was very poor against uh, you know against against Forest, as as was everybody. <laughs> no one came out mm-hmm. of that with any with any credit at all. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you that against Arsenal, um, he'd be a massive player for us, and I expect him to see see much more from him uh, moving forwards. Um, Fernandez or Clark? This is presuming Norman that will go back to a back four against Arsenal. I really hope we do because Arsenal are not Chelsea and they're not Man City. Um but fernandez or clock uh, who would you start alongside jamal la um, based on what you saw yesterday
2: oh fernandez, fernandez all day and that that's not taking anything away from Clark's performance yesterday and really you know in the league games have played this season clocks clocks um he's been okay but um fernandez he's he's calmer he looks less prone to the kind of lapses of concentration that um, Clark has and he's more of a leader as well. He's an organiser and a leader, and you saw that yesterday. He's, a, you know, he's a, he's a talker and a, and a shouter, and I think that's that's hugely important because it relieves it relieves the pressure on Lascelles. and the vocal point of the other side. Um, Fernandez's experience is, you know, it, it's it, it's kind of it, it's right up there. He's played for Argentina. He's got loads of games in the Premier League, and I just think he's a better player than Clark. So for me, it's it, it's it's a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And, and on that, we'll put to the listeners: um, Would you understand if Rafa set up the team as defensively? As he had um, in the last two games against Arsenal in two weeks' time, and there was this. This was a a close one. So forty-seven percent said yes, which was the most popular answer. They would back the manager playing five at the back against Arsenal. Twenty-four percent said no, which is which is a minority but quite high. But then a higher twenty-nine percent said depends on injury. So if Shelby wasn't back and Richie wasn't back, they'd, they'd back it. Do you back the manager no matter what, Norman?
2: Against oh, Arsenal. No. I have to. I mean look look, if you know, whatever system Rafa puts up against Arsenal, you know, I'm gonna be there giving it me one hundred percent support. Um new,
1: <laughs> even though you're in Portugal. I like,
2: well, I, I'm gonna be there like in in, in spirit and I'll be watching on tell you as well. Again, again the, the plan will be just you know start drinking early on so Gemma ends up having a nap when kickoff off happens. That's that's my tactic now. It's you know, it's, it's tried and tested. Um but uh no the, the I mean in terms of I'll I'll support his decisions hundred percent. Do I wanna see us go out know, play with an attack and a more attacking outlook against Arsenal? Of course I do. But if we if we didn't, then then you know, what what's what's the point in sitting there and twisting about it? I'll just you know it, it's Rafa's decision and I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that he'll, he'll more, more times you know, more, more often than not he's gonna be proven right, um, regardless of of what ultimately what, what I think he should and shouldn't do in a match.
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're recording this before Man City play um not Man City, Arsenal play Cardiff today. Um, which you and Mike so eloquently talked through um, on the uh, the Premier League preview podcast, <laughs> the betting preview that you do for patrons. I might include uh, a little clip of that now for, for listeners, so check out this. And uh, if you're interested in more, um, listen to the or subscribe to our extra content on Patreon. Uh, the Premier League show is absolutely fantastic. Norman, John and Mike do a, a show on a Monday, going through all-time Premier League games, and then they do the betting show on the betting preview on the Thursday looking at all 10 Premier League games and, and the odds on each one so get involved we'd love to have you on board yes.
3: I guarantee it's going to be Neil Warnock bingo. Basically, there will be a few horrific challenges going in from Cardiff, and then post match Neil Warnock's like, you know, he, he's not that type of player. Right? He's a, he's a he's a good lad. He's a he's a good lad. Is our sure, you know? And, and he's just like he's just taking the lad out. A Bauman's just being taken out at, at waist height and then booted in the head. You know that sort of thing. I can see that coming a mile off. And Warnock is going to be in his absolute element in the lead up to this game, during the Take game, on, and after the game
2: i tell you what mate Right You know this This kind of um, Supposedly managers The away team's manager Goes to the uh, Home manager's office And they have like A glass <laughs> of wine Or whatever it is After the match What the fuck Would Emery and Warnock Be talking about You know like If this happens What Can, can you just imagine The conversation Between Emery and Warnock I mean you just it, it, Like What would it be You know what I mean well, What would it be well, What what I can't I well, can't What would the drink this?
3: be? I, I reckon I reckon Warnock might have a, a tap at Boddington's or a Worthington's cream flow, I reckon, in the uh, in like his keg, office. keg, like a right. keg,
2: yeah, yeah, keg in the office, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like crisps. Just so basically you get Ginstas, got <laughs> yeah. every goes in there and, and Warnock's got like, he's like Warnock's got yeah, he's got the Ginstas laid out. Still in the packet like, you know what I mean, not even heated up. Um and he's got yeah, a Keg in. Like, well name name a good Yorkshire ale. John Smith's, who
3: well, he could, yeah. Tet- Tetley's bitter or something on that. It'd be a Tetley's, yeah. yeah. Could well I be. Would, uh... he, he would definitely call him son as well. It'd be coming in, son. In you come. Let, let, let's have a chat about how lucky you got today. It would be along those lines.
1: <laughs> but um, I think I think Arsenal are nowhere near the level of Chelsea and Man City They have fantastic players. Whilst I wouldn't expect to go out there and have a go, I certainly what I would. Understand if the manager wants to play fire at the back if he thinks that's the best way of winning, fine. But if I'm I'm kind of probably in that depends on the injury injuries come. If Shelby's fit and match fit, um, you need players ahead of him for him to, to for him to be able to to contribute and would be much better playing with two wingers and a number ten and a striker against Arsenal in my opinion. But like you say, I'm not going to twist on us. Then you know say the manager doesn't know what he's doing. He knows more than me. But I think Arsenal's a great opportunity to get our season up and running. But I suppose maybe a little bit more on that, on that later, Norman. Um, yeah, so listeners, uh, very similar there. The answer's that one on the, on the old poll. Um, and I, I agree with everything that you say about Fernandez. He's really impressed me so far. I, I'm quite impressed by his heading ability. And I know that's probably a little bit boring, but his, his, headed, his headed clearances are always quite intelligent in, in, in finding any castle player. Um, but, you know, Kieran Clarke done done that wrong, I suppose. Um but I'd probably say definitely Fernandez is maybe an upgrade. And listen, you know, Fernandez cost six million quid, which for for us is like a you know like sixty million quid for a Man City, so probably will get in the team on that. Um Alright then. Let's talk about bigger picture in the season as a whole, Norman. Um Alan Shiro Masade said last night we are on a relegation battle. Uh true or false to you, how are you feeling about the season? And fixture wise, you know, we've got one point from Four games. Uh, we've lost four games, including the cup game against Forest. Um, what you know? Are we in a relegation battle right now? And 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 how you know? How are you feeling about the season now? We're uh, we're four games in and heading into an international break.
2: I think we're. I think us alongside probably another ten sides in the, in the division. Maybe even even you could even stretch it to eleven. You know, eleven sides if you look at the table last season. We're probably all in a relegation battle up until about you know, February, and then a few of them will drop out of that relegation battle. And then it'll, you know, by, by sort of March, March, April time, it'll be down to six or seven sides. So, so, right now, of course, of course, we're in a relegation battle because we're not going to finish top six. We're not going to finish top eight, are we? So, at this point in time, then the priority is to, to get the points not to be relegated. So, if you look at it like that, aye, we are in a relegation battle. Um, do I think we'll get relegated and not dividend. um and does the season so far give me any cause for concern not particularly um we 've lost to three of probably you know europe 's most expensively assembled sides. maybe it can takes spurs out in, in terms of they haven't invested for a while, but if you look at the value of the players on paper they know they're, they're very 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 highly valued um and they 're a lot the more expensive when they bought them um, and they 're an excellent side, and you know we 've lost by narrow margins we lost with a kind of almost last minute own goal against chelsea um we lost to a Kyle Walker screamer yesterday. Um, Spurs, I thought we were unlucky to lose. Laurie's pulled off a couple of good saves, and we could have had three points against Cardiff despite a poor performance. Um, I'm not concerned at the minute. Looking at the next, looking at the next six games, you know what? If the next six games, Arsenal home, Palace away, Leicester home, Man away, Brighton home, Southampton away, I think if we get to the end of those games with 10, 11 points on the board, then I'll feel I'll feel fairly confident we're going to be all right.
1: Well said. Um... Yeah, I mean, the great thing is... Great, that's a huge exaggeration. The, posi- <laughs> the positive thing is is that we've only lost by the odd goal to the teams that will probably make up the top three. Um, and we definitely deserve something from Spurs. Um, you know, we were um, two really bad refereeing decisions away against Chelsea. Um, and, you know, Man City, which is, you know, despite it being close, we deserve to lose that game. I, I can't argue the case for a point. But ultimately, you know, looking at the teams above us, Cardiff have yet to play. If they lose to us in a day, you know, two points from their fixtures, you know, that's really poor. Huddersfield, decent point at Everton. Um West Ham, these have all these teams, in my opinion, I mean, even the likes of Brighton, if you look at who they've faced uh, and Palace, um, they've had worse starts to the season than, than we have, in my opinion. Um yeah. so there's there's definitely scope there for other teams being bad, and I think I've seen enough from us in a a defensive capacity to know once again that we're going to concede very few goals. Obviously, the issue that we don't really know yet is at the other end of the pitch, and I'm I'm, I'm hearing that the Palace game there, there's a lot of pressure on that game. Um, The Brighton and Southampton games are are massive games already. I mean, Southampton won at Palace yesterday, but they were were poor again. I mean, Palace missed countless chances. Um, So Southampton look a really poor side. So I think before the next international break, when we'll come back next time, After this one, we will know a lot more about where we are heading in terms of the season. Um, And I think, you know, as usual, we'll have a fan base with the, the, you know, the patience of greater than any other fan base in in the country, quite clearly, in my opinion, um, considering how, you know, what we are put up with in terms of the the owner and all that kind of stuff. And and the fact that, you know, the Newcastle fans at the minute, according to to the media and, and over the years, should be demanding the manager's head, should be kicking off, should be complaining about the standard of football. But everyone seems to be understand that we're in this together, we're in this season. Yeah, I see a lot of people say Rafa shouldn't be above criticism. Yeah, criticism, you know, whatever whatever makes you happy, if you feel that the manager should be doing better, it's absolutely fine, as long as we stay behind the team in games, which everyone seems to be doing. The away end, by all accounts, yesterday, we had John there at the match representing True Faith. He did the Match Day podcast, which is out for patrons. Um, Steve Warwick wrote the Match Report on Twitter, so we had two lads there. By all accounts, uh, fantastic support for Newcastle from the away end. Sounded great on telly. Um, Everyone's in this together, and I think we'll start seeing kind of rewards for that in the spell of games that we've talked about. Uh, Back to the listeners and what what you lads and lasses think. We'll put the poll out... um, do you think that United are going to stay up this season? 65% yes, which is a pretty big majority. 11% no, which is very small. 24% simply don't know yet, which is a perfectly reasonable answer. That's why I put it there, because you know we'll have to see us win some games ultimately and score a few goals, and we're doing neither at the minute. Um, but for reasons that we've talked about in terms of the fixtures, in terms of that bad luck that we've had. So you know, I thought Newcastle were, were very good yesterday, and, um, and it, it did as much as I thought we could have. Like I said earlier, Huddersfield went had his little possession, got everyone behind the ball, and got beat six one. Um, so it could have been far far worse. Uh, I suppose Norman, I was supposed to uh, ask you how was, uh, or you were supposed to ask John how it was his day, but uh, were unable to talk to him uh, for Wi Fi reasons um, up in Manchester. But so I suppose we'll just finish off on, um, you know, your thoughts on 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 like where where United go from here. I know I'm going to put put you under a lot of pressure now. Um, and say, you know, when when do you think we'll start picking up fixtures? Do you, do you see those two Brighton and Southampton games as as winnable games, or are we still going to be in that part of the season where Rafa sees it as must not lose?
2: Um, I see Arsenal home as a um, potential for picking up um, one to three points. Palace away, one to three points. Um, Man U away, regard, uh, sorry, Leicester at home, that's a game that I think we have to pick up three points in. Um, if 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 we haven't picked up three points against either Arsenal or Palace, there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Leicester match because Leicester are okay under Puel. You know they're they're, they're well drilled, they're organised, but they can be got at. They've got um, as we uh, as we saw yesterday as good as Maguire is. Uh, Wes Morgan's is a is a major major weakness. Um, I think actually, unfortunately for us, I think Morgan will prefer to come up against someone like Rondon than a, than a kind of the Dwight gale type centre forward. Um, but I think that's a big game. I think Manuel, regardless of how. Uh, how bad they might be at the moment on a Mourinho, you know, we could probably call that one as a, as a write-off. Um, Brighton home, huge Southampton. Values. These hot big games, you know, and I'm looking at these six fixtures and I'm thinking, well, if we can get three wins out of the six and maybe a draw, i.e. 10 points from the six game, which is perfectly feasible, then then I'll be really, really happy with that. Um, seven points out of those six games, okay. You know, we've had a couple of wins in there, great. That'll be good for confidence, but would still be a bit concerned being at the end of October on only eight points. Um, and if we only get four points out in these six games, then I'll probably start to get a little bit twitchy. Um, and that's, you know, that's a rarity for me because I tend, you know, I, I, I tend not uh, not to panic with with a Rafa up I mean, as Newcastle United say, but I think maybe getting to the end of October with only five or six points on the board, then they, I think the worry will be, will be quite real. So, but you know what mate that's not going to happen that's not going to happen we're going to get we'll get 10 points out these next 6 <laughs> games um, the, and the, the John thing I'll just mention the, the Wi-Fi thing's a pretty. it's a pretty funny story um, he's up in Manchester for work and he's staying in an Airbnb and basically the people he's renting from he said they're quite um, you know they're on the rather senior side um, two women quite old Ah, uh, yeah. I'm thinking he's saying in then they 70s or 80s and he's asking them for a Wi-Fi password and they've just got no, no idea what he's talking about at all <laughs> they've got no idea what Wi-Fi is so there you go
1: what a lovely way to live eh?
2: <laughs> no, 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 mate. Absolutely, but no, it's it sounds ideal, doesn't it?
1: They aren't uh, logging onto social media, seeing someone say Rafa's a load of shite and we should be attacking Man City and logging straight off.
2: Don't don't, <laughs> don't have those
1: issues. I um, uh, okay. Well, I suppose this has been the True Faith Podcast. Um, bit of a short short show this week because there isn't a tremendous amount to talk about. Thank you all so much for tuning in and, like I say, give us a give us a give us your support on Patreon if you if you like the show. It's massively appreciated. And we'll be back, um, well, we'll be back, I don't know, because Mick, you might have been listening to Mick's fantastic podcast with um, the lads from Rangers, the uh, Sons of Struth uh, and Ian Moon's MP. We've got all sorts of that kind of stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to try and do as much stuff on football governance and Mike Ashley as we can with, with people who know what they're talking about. Um, otherwise, we'll be back with you, hopefully after a much-needed win against a, a very, a very average Arsenal side. Cheers.